The Mysterious World of Eve Chuttleson, Midnight Misfortune, by Eve Chuttleson. Blanche Potantka was busily folding caravan napkins in her spacious summer porch recalling the happy times when she was tending the clover groves in Nettingtonville. The clover groves were world-renowned for their delightfully lush appearance and drew visitors from all over. It was a particularly murky morning and the morning fog had yet to burn off. Blanche recalled that nearly 30 years ago a mysterious fog had descended upon her hometown of Bunt Village and brought with it much havoc and chaos. At the time, Blanche was ready to retire from her clover grove tending duties at the Nettingtonville Visitors Center where she had spent the better part of her adult life. Suddenly the intensely shrill tones of Blanche Potanska's weather alert radio roused her back to the present. Blanche quickly finished folding the caravan napkins and whisked into her large kitchen where she instantly glanced at the weather alert radio's incredibly informative yet dimly lit informational screen. From what she could gather, an ominous storm front was dangerously close to moving into Bunt Village. As she processed the impending danger in her mind, Blanche began considering the wisdom of her plans to paint 40 handcrafted birdhouses that she and her friend Ritolia had built earlier in the week. The delicately intricate painting that was needed for each birdhouse could not be hindered by violent gusts of wind. Blanche reflected on the plans that she and Ritolia had made to paint the birdhouses that day and made the wise decision to telephone Ritolia. Unfettered by the impending ferocity of the storm, Blanche quickly assembled the ingredients to bake a crispy cranberry tart with ocean clove sauce. After the careful timing of the necessary crab boil, Blanche hurried to the telephone in her cavernous den and swept through the pages of her address book, feverishly seeking Ritolia's number. Heavens, she whispered to herself, I must find that telephone number right now. The noontime sky darkened, and it looked as dark as night as ferociously ominous storm clouds busily whisked to a bunt city. Blanche quickly lit several candles in her cavernous den to see the pages of her address book. By the flickering candlelight, Blanche was able to decipher Ritolia's telephone number as she picked up the receiver. As she cautiously and carefully dialed the telephone number. Blanche was stricken with fear as an incredibly loud crash of thunder pierced the solace of her cavernous den. At the other end of the telephone line Ritolia hastily answered the call. Oblivious to the incredibly severe weather outside, Ritolia was nearly ready to leave her cozy apartment and hurry over to Blanche's Ukrainian-inspired estate. Ritolia was quick to suggest that they try to test a few new sewing machines at the Bund City Sewing Center so that the day would not be a complete bust. Blanche thought that the idea could hold some promise, but encouraged Ritolia to look out the window and assess the weather situation outside. Ritolia quickly navigated her way to one of the giant windows in her apartment and carefully eased the heavy brocade curtains to one side. Outside of the window Ritolia could see the massive Bunt City water tower swaying dangerously in the wind. Leaves, twigs and anything else that wasn't tied down was being swept through the streets by the ferocious wind. Diverting her attention back to the phone call with Blanche, Ritolia felt that it might be wise to only test 17 of the brand new and incredibly modern sewing machines at the Bunt City Sewing Center. Blanche appreciated Ritolia's candor and made a point to invite their good friend Bortha to join them on the adventure. Ritolia thought that inviting Bortha to join them was a very wise idea. Bortha lived downstairs from Ritolia. 
so inviting her was a quick trip down the 14 flights of stairs to Bortha's 10th floor apartment. As Ratolia dashed down the marble stairs she could see the weather getting increasingly more desperate outside the large staircase windows. She felt that the giant water tower could easily tip over if the wind got any more ferocious outside. Suddenly an incredibly wise thought popped into Ratolia's mind. In addition to encouraging Bortha to join them on their sewing machine adventure, Ratolia thought that Bortha's sister Mona McMonians might enjoy coming along. Mona McMonians was a world-famous thread designer and was known as the queen of sewing machines in many circles. Ratulia managed to reach Bortha's delightfully appointed apartment in mere seconds and busily knocked on the door. From outside Ratulia could hear a massive crash of shattering glass. Oh my heavens. Ratulia piped. Something must have been completely destroyed inside Bortha's apartment. She lamented. In a snap Bortha opened the massive oak and mahogany door and invited Ratolia inside. Much to the chagrin of everyone involved, Bortha's massive crystal sculpture of the Ivy Trellis Hotel in Copenhagen had toppled to the door when Bortha's sister, Mona McMonians opened the window for some brisk fresh air. The gale force wind that threatened to tip over the giant water tower whisked into Bortha's apartment and caused the priceless crystal sculpture to topple from its hand-finished birch table and crash to the marble floor. Ratolia began weeping, as she knew how precious the sculpture was to Bortha and her sister. Buzz 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 boom. The oven timer went off in Bortha's kitchen. It was time to remove the Swiss-inspired winter cakes from the oven. Bortha had immediately whisked the ingredients for the Swiss-inspired winter cakes together and placed 48 mini-cakes into the oven just prior to the storm. As Mona McMonian swept up the last shards from the Ivy Trellis Hotel sculpture, Bortha quickly removed the piping hot Swiss-inspired winter cakes from the oven and placed them onto no less than 16 cooling racks. As the delicate yet somewhat robust Swiss-inspired winter cakes cooled, Bortha Mona McMonians and Ratolia mulled over the sudden yet complete destruction of the Ivy Trellis Hotel sculpture, nearly forgetting about Blanche and the sewing machine adventure. As the wind picked up in force an unexpectedly brisk yet refreshing downpour began ushering in more havoc outside. Ratolia piped up and announced that they all should join her in a sewing machine testing adventure with Blanche. Bortha leapt up from her chair and twirled her lavishly expensive scarf and tossed it into the air to match her sudden feeling of enthusiasm of the adventure. Both Ratolia and Mona McMonians were taken aback by the expression of sheer excitement on Bortha's face. The lavishly expensive scarf was hand-painted by one of Copenhagen's most renowned artists, Glorna Tanks. The wispy scarf blew across the large living room salon and landed squarely in the roaring fireplace where it was completely destroyed. Once again Bortha had lost her priceless treasure to carelessness and lack of wisdom. Well, Bortha squealed, let's go get Blanche before I ruin anything else. Before departing for Blanche's Ukrainian-inspired estate, the girls tried a few of the Swiss-inspired winter cakes, all commenting how incredibly tasty they were. They wrapped up a dozen of the Swiss-inspired winter cakes to take over to Blanche. Locked up and scurried down the grand hallway to the charm elevator. The charm elevator was stained glass on all sides, perfumed with fresh lilacs and lavender and could whisk the girls down to the lobby in just 5 seconds. As the girls hustled through the intense wind and rain, Bortha caught a glimpse of the giant water tower swaying dangerously. 
Ritolia directed everyone into her deluxe news station wagon and everyone fastened their safety belts. Ritolia darted out into the chaotic street and nearly crashed into two parked tour buses, but narrowly avoided collisions. The trek to Blanche's Ukrainian-inspired estate would take nearly an hour, possibly longer due to the hazardous weather, but the girls kept alert by clapping, chanting and discussing new Swiss-inspired recipes. Suddenly Mona McMonians decided to roll down the window to refresh herself and thoughts when the bag of Swiss-inspired winter cakes blew out of the car and broke several windows along the business district of shopping and restaurants. Heavens. Bortha shrieked. Those Swiss-inspired winter cakes have caused several thousand dollars worth of damage and destruction. We'd better hurry over to Blanche's Ukrainian-inspired estate before the police catch up with us. Suddenly Ritolia's car telephone began to ring frantically. With much trepidation and fear, Ritolia asked Bortha to answer the telephone because she must pay the closest attention to the road and harrowing weather. As Bortha carefully answered the phone, expecting it to be Blanche, it turned out to be Shulbertsy. Shulbertsy was Blanche's next door neighbor and had invited herself on the adventure. Bortha was not amused as she and Shelbertsy had been feuding for decades over a land purchase from Switzerland. Bortha quickly hung up the car telephone as she witnessed the giant water tower nearly topple onto the abandoned Birchtharp Winscott house for the wise. The sheer thought of the potential destruction caused Bortha and Mona McMonians to collectively faint. Ritolia was now driving in hyperdrive to get to Blanche's Ukrainian-inspired estate. As they passed the giant chief turbine on Highway 54 a giant bolt of lightning crashed to the ground. Ratolia was mortified and quickly turned on her car radio to listen to Gladine Poch, her favorite weather woman. Gladine Poch was reporting dangerously severe weather accompanied by ferocious wind. Gladine Poch also warned of whisking clouds that could present further danger. Suddenly Ritolia's car nearly careened into a giant haystack and Bortha awoke from her trance-like state. Watch out. Watch out. Bortha shrieked as Ritolia slowed down from the brisk 15 mile per hour pace. Bortha hurriedly rolled down her window to see if the wind had gotten any less intense. The wildly whisking wind and icy cold rain blasted into the car and awoke Mona McMonians out of her trance-like state. Mona McMonians quickly chimed in that the water tower was still swaying dangerously but that 15 women firefighters had the situation under complete control. Now that all of her friends are awake and aware of the harrowing weather conditions, Ritolia offered a clever idea to ride out the storm. She proposed that they all hurry over to the Hucklebuck smorgasbord for a sumptuous lunch. Bortha was delighted but felt that Blanche would feel left out if they didn't include her and Shirl Betsy. Mona McMonians piped up and suggested that they go pick up Blanche and Shirl Betsy, and Ritolia thought that was a wise conclusion. So the girls clapped and chanted wildly as they drove the final 40 miles to Blanche's Ukrainian-inspired estate. As Ritolia's stealthy new station wagon creeped up the long and winding driveway to Blanche's Ukrainian-inspired estate, Bortha could see there was a no taped on the front doors. Mona McMonians hastily got her giant umbrella and hustled out of the car running up to the front doors. In her perilous dash across the estate lawn Mona slipped in a mud page and whirled into a soggy flower bed, completely destroying her lavishly expensive handmade pantsuit. Unfettered by the calamity, Mona hurriedly raced to the front door to read the note. The note nearly brought her to tears, 
Cheryl Batsy convinced me to go to the new car show in Tank City. Catch up with you all at next week's bingo chance at the function center. Mona McMonians raced back to the car and jumped in, leaving her huge umbrella in the lawn. The girls were aghast at the note and quickly decided to never consider asking Blanche or Shell Betsy to join them anymore. The the girls hurried back to town and decided to bake Boinka cakes with their friend Blundy. The end.